0: Amen. Thank you guys so much. Well, we started a couple of weeks ago talking about fasting, and then last week we were having people, kind of like having people over to meet you for the first time, and I felt like I wanted to talk about, just take away from fasting for a week to talk about inviting people into the family. And so now we're going back into fasting. And to celebrate our fasts, uh, we're going to have a hot dog roast tonight with s'mores and chili. And then next Sunday to celebrate the fast, we're going to have fifth Sunday breakfast. And so that may seem like that doesn't go together, and you're probably right, but those are kind of things that we just had. So, But the fast, you don't have to fast long and hard. That's really good. But we're on our fast, we're just kind of letting you whatever the Lord speaks to you. Whatever the Lord speaks to you, uh, what you want to give up or how you want to do that. But let God do that for you uh, but uh, let the Lord have his way and uh, this morning I just I tell you what I just want to praise the Lord uh, last night it kind of I guess it I guess it stormed really more than what I thought that it did I was talking to my neighbor down the road and he said it storm it blew so bad and we're just talking just a few miles down the road it blew so bad that his front door bowed and set off the alarm it and he said he had to hold it for about 10 minutes because he was afraid it was going to blow in on him. And we were just up the road and I just felt like the Lord may have protected us because if you have a wind like that on the old trailer house, it's just, it's going to go. And it, it was starting to sway a little bit last night. And, uh, and my wife, when it starts swaying like that, she wakes up and and I think I turned my phone on first because I always want to look on the on the on the weather thing, you know, to see how I'm going to die. So I'll you know see if there's any reason to. And we had this argument one one night back in the spring when we had so many storms. One night, and of course, if that trailer moves this much, it feels like I mean, it feels like it's like this. And Cindy goes, "Do we need to go into the house?" And it was just pouring. And I was like, well, I'll get all wet. And she goes, I think we're going to die out here. And I said, well, you know, if we die, I'll I'll go to heaven. So that's not a bad deal. And she goes, we're going to be on the news. And we're going to be those people who died in a trailer house 10 feet from a perfectly good house. And I said, Cindy, you're more worried about looking foolish than you are dying. And she said, yes, I am. (laughs) so anyway we foolishly stayed in the trailer house last night camping with my buddy chris full-time campers all the time living the dream right there in the old camper trailers we're, we're making it though uh but uh anyway just want to praise the lord because i felt like i may have had a near-death experience last night and didn't even real i'm serious if there was a wind just down the road enough to bow a door in it was strong enough to blow my little house over and it did not Alright? So I just wanted to praise the Lord for that. We're gonna be in Deuteronomy and we're gonna be talking about Moses who was uh he was a faster. Now he he did he was like he was like the he'd be like in the NFL, the National Fasting League. He was that good. He was really good at fasting and he took it very seriously. And we're just gonna talk a little bit this morning about what God did uh, while someone was fasting, what 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 that did for them, what it did for what it did, and moved God. And you say, how in the world does that work? I don't know. I don't know. But God is moved by when we get more hungry for Him and His things and His work and His will than we are for anything else. When we say in our lives, I'm going to put aside the the very thing that keeps me alive. I'm going to put that aside because I want what you have. That moves God. And I don't know why or how, but it does. And so let's stand today in honor of God's word. Let's read this together out loud and then we're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 9, 7 through 18. Let's read this together. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. We're going to begin reading with verse 7. and, and Moses is is reliving things right now he's he's telling the children of Israel he goes don't you remember this you remember this day and so this is what he's saying remember this and never forget how you provoked the Lord your God to anger in the desert from the day you left Egypt until you arrived here you have been rebellious against the Lord isn't that a wonderful isn't that a wonderful thing to say he said you've been rebellious the whole time this is a long period of time against the Lord. At Horeb, you aroused the Lord's wrath so that he was angry enough to destroy you. When I went up on the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant that the Lord had made with you, I stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I ate no bread and drank no water. The Lord gave me two stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. On them were all the commandments the Lord proclaimed, to you on the mountain, out of the fire, out on the day of the assembly. At the end of the forty days and forty nights, the Lord gave me the two stone tablets, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord told me, go down from here at once, because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have turned away quickly from what I commanded them. And have made a cast idol for themselves. And the Lord said to me, I have seen this people, and they are a stiff necked people indeed. Let me alone, so that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven, and I will make you into a nation stronger and more numerous than they. So I turned and went down the mountain while it was ablaze with fire. And the two tablets of the covenant were in my hands. When I looked, I saw that you had sinned against the Lord your God. You had made for yourself a cast, an idol cast in the shape of a calf. You had turned aside quickly from the way that the Lord had commanded you. So I took the two tablets and threw them out of my hands, breaking them to pieces before your eyes. Then once again... I fell prostrate before the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. I ate no bread and drank no water because of all the sin you had committed, doing what was evil in the Lord's sight and so provoking him to anger. Let's pray. Father, I ask today, Father, challenge our hearts. Father, I pray that you would put within us a hunger for you and for your word and for your things, for the things that you're interested in. Father, I pray that we would hunger for a move from God. I pray that we would hunger for God to come in and move on us. I pray that we would have a hunger and thirst for you to move in someone else's life. Father, help us to to fast for others, to intercede for others on others' behalf who are lost in sin, Father. Put within us a desire to intercede for them and move the heart of God. And we ask these things today in Jesus' name, amen. He starts off here and he said, uh, "Do, do you remember these things? He said, you guys have been trouble since the day we left Uh, Egypt and you haven't changed and you have to understand that they have been in slavery for 400 years and uh, and and They come out and they've had this time here in the desert and and the Lord's been teaching. The Lord's been speaking into their lives. He's been showing them these new things, but it is easy for the Lord's fervor, for the Lord's power in us. If we are not careful and we are not working and we are not seeking after him, it's easy for that to go cold in a matter of 40 days their fervor for the lord had gone grown so cold that they were seeking other things they were seeking idols and we see that in our own in our own country when we first started our country we were a country who was for god and look at us now we are a country who disdains god and it's easy for that fire to go out when we do not seek after god and uh and it becomes where we just want the things, we just want things from God, but we don't want God. These guys had been in Egypt, had been in Egypt for 400 years and they were praying, Lord, help us, Lord, help us. Get out of, get, help us, get out of bondage, help us, get out of bondage. We need to get out of bondage. We don't want to be in slavery anymore. Help us, help us, help us, help us. And so as soon as God gets them out of bondage, they're like, okay, we're done with you. They never wanted to do what he wanted them to do. They they wanted out of the trouble they were in, but they didn't want to serve him. And isn't that the way we are sometimes? I mean, let's just be honest. In the world that we live in, when do most people cry out? Things get bad. Things start going downhill. We get in a rough place. We don't know what to do. Oh, God, oh, God, help me, help me, help me. Please help me. God, help me. And then God helps us, and then we're like, thanks, appreciate it, and we drive on out. I once, one time, we was there was a big ice storm down at Ava, and I had an old '67 Galaxy 500. I drove it in high school, and it was we called it the Batmobile because it was long and dark blue, and it looked like the, we called it the Batmobile. And I drove it up until after we were married. Uh, and I was driving home from work one day, and it was so icy that the road was just. I had I usually came in uh, one way, and I came in another way, and the, and was, the ice was collecting on the limbs and this. And and this limb had fallen across the road. And I was looking at it. I was trying to figure out how I could get through. And another guy came up behind me. And he said, well, I think if you... Uh, uh, he, no, he didn't say anything to me. But I thought, you know, I, could, I can hold this limb. And if I hold it, there's a little place there. And he can drive through. And he'll drive through. And then, and then he'll hold it for me after he gets through. So he comes along. And I said, wait you know, just a minute. And I grabbed this limb. And I pulled way back. And I'm like... Urgh. And he just drives on, didn't, didn't stop to help or nothing. I mean, if I'd have had a rock, I'd have, no, I wouldn't have checked it. I mean, but I'd have, before I was like, dude, and I think God is kind of that way sometimes. Oh, help me, help me out here, Lord. Okay. And God holds back the limb. And then he's like, and we're just like, see ya. And that's the way we are. And, and this is where they were and lots of people that were like God get me out of slavery but then I don't want to follow you and, 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 and what he is saying is here what does this say and I want to ask you a question I mean what does this say about God isn't God a merciful God isn't he a merciful God that we can time and time again turn our backs on him and he still reaches out to us but what does that say about us we're a stiff necked people. Sometimes we are a stiff necked people. Sometimes we just don't uh, think about God and think about what he's done. And and we're kind of hard-headed. And God had fed them in the desert. He took them on a 40-year camping trip, and they didn't have to pack anything, no ice chests or nothing. God gave them food every day. He gave them water out of a rock. He gave them quail. He gave them bread. They had all this stuff, and they still After he provided, 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 provided. I want you to know this morning, folks, if you're still sucking air, it's because God has provided it for you this morning. He has provided everything you have. Make no mistake. You can be a hard worker. You can be a great businessman. You can be as good at your job as you can be. But I want to tell you this morning, God has given you everything you have today and he is worthy of your worship he is worthy of your praise and and so this is where they are and they have he has given 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 and they're just like you know Moses leaves for 40 days and and they let's start serving this calf let's just and they just they're just like we are is what it is and i don't know about uh you but sometimes we have these people saw i mean they They walked through the Red Sea. They saw this and they still would not believe and serve. And and I know that each, everybody here has someone in your life that you're like, why is it so hard for them to believe? It's hard for anybody to believe. It seems like it should be easy when you look around and see what God has done. But it looks like it should be easy to believe, but it's not. And it's not uncommon for people to see, even see things that God has done and have a hard time believing. And we ask, well, how can we, how can they not believe? But but they're just like us. And sometimes it's hard to believe. They saw God every day. It angered God to the point that he was ready to destroy them. And, and Moses began this fast, and so he tells this story of these two fasts that he has here, that he, do, that he did. And they were two completely different fasts for two different reasons. And so this morning we're going to have two points to this, and that's all we're going to have. And the first one is, the first fast was he wanted to meet with God. The first fast was to get in a place where he could meet with God, where God could come and have an encounter with Moses. And this is what he was fasting for. Many times in God's word, after an extended fast these people that have gone through this fast, God comes and they have an encounter with him and a real life change like they have never had before. They see God in ways they'd never seen before. They feel God in ways they'd never felt before. They see God move in ways that they'd never seen before. And this comes after an extended fast. And I think that during this fast, Moses is trying to prepare himself and trying to get to a place where he and his life can receive what God wants to Give for him, give to him, and so for forty days he says, "I didn't eat and I didn't drink." Now I want you to I want you to think about this, and it it's and they say and I and I read I did, I've done some reading on fasting and and they said you can go three weeks without eating anything, but the truth is you can go for quite a while without eating anything. Now if you have uh, diabetes or some things like that, you might. That, that would be different, obviously. But you can go quite a while without eating. But what I find interesting about this is, out of all the things that I read, you can't go very long without drinking. And he said, I didn't drink anything for 40 days. And I'm like, and he's in the desert. I, I have been where this is. And they say in the desert that you could go maybe a week without drinking. And if it's hotter, it would be shorter than that. Water is, and I'm not, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just saying Moses was something else. And they said, and, and scientists say that your body, that your joints, literally water is like oil and coolant to your body. If you don't have any oil in your car, everything starts getting dry And your wheels start squeaking. And the truth is, in your body, if you don't have water in your body, your joints start getting dry. They start getting stiff. You'll start hurting. If you don't have water in your body, it's what keeps us cool. It's like coolant in us. If you start getting dehydrated, you start feeling bad. And, and, And this is where he was. And literally, he is literally putting his life in danger to do this fast not so much on the food side, but the water side, He's, he is saying it's more important to me to meet with God than to live. And I will, and I will do without to the point of death in fa- in, until I see or hear God. He's saying my life here is not as important as knowing and meeting with God. And he has set everything aside to get to the place he is hung- what he's hungering and thirsting for is God. He's not hungering and thirsting for anything that the world has. He's saying, I'm putting all that beside- behind me because I want to get to the place where I can get and hear and see and meet with God and get what he has for me because that's the most important thing. And I want to tell you, that's kind of interesting to me. Most people would not do that. And most, for, for Moses to meet with God was more important than his own life. And so he sets aside 40 days of everything to meet with God. You know, we have a hard time setting aside 40 minutes to meet with God. We have a hard time setting aside a Sunday morning to meet with God. We have a hard time setting aside time during the day to meet with God. And Moses said, I want everything that God has for me. And I'm setting aside my life for 40 days to get that. And he did. And he did that. He felt like it was worth his physical life to get to meet with God, to have what God had for him. And most people won't do that. Most people uh, would not skip a meal to meet with God. Uh, we're very much like the Israelites. We want God to move, but we, want, we, we just want him to do what we want him to do. But we don't hunger after God. Moses was hungry for God. Think about it. He, he went up on the mountain. And he didn't care. He literally didn't care what happened. He just wanted to meet with God, no matter what. And we don't see that anymore in people. We don't see people really hungry for God to the point that it consumes them. Moses sets aside everything so he can meet with God. And, and we, want, we, want to, we want to meet with God, but it needs to be between 9.30 and 12 on Sunday morning. And we kind of say, okay, God, I'm going to meet with you. I'll be there at 930 to 12. And so if you could, if you could come at that time, that would be really great because that works really good into my week. Or if you could come at, at you know, from 6 to 7 on Sunday night or, or 6 to 7 on Wednesday night, that would be really good. I've got to set aside a little time there and that would be really good. But other than that, my week's pretty full. Moses set aside everything because he thought God was the most important thing. And meeting with God, what I'm kind of trying to figure out and what I've seen and what I'm understanding from the word here. And it's not about works, but it takes effort to get ourselves in a place where we're ready to hear what God wants to say to us. We have to set aside plans. We have to set aside the things we like to get to this place where God Wants to speak to us. And you can see this contrast in Moses' life. He sets aside 40 days to meet with God, and God meets with him in this powerful way. I mean, it's powerful. The Israelites, on the other side, didn't set aside 40 days to be with God. They just said, well, we'll just see what happens. And by the end of 40 days, they're in a com- completely terrible place they've completely they're serving a golden calf in 40 days they have gone from serving God to serving a golden image and people say oh well you know it's not that important that I keep up my that keep up my relationship with God these guys were in a bad place in just 40 days you start skipping out on prayer you start skipping out on bible reading you start skipping out on worship or disciple groups or whatever it is skip out on it for a few weeks and you'll be in a place where you weren't where you didn't think you would be you if you and and i'm not just just saying these things i'm saying you don't put time you don't you don't give time to god you're going to get in a place that you never thought you would be. I don't think that when Moses left, if he'd have said, okay, you guys, you need to be really careful because I'm going to be gone for 40 days. And 40 days from now, you're going to be acting like a bunch of bohemians and serving a golden calf. They would have went, Uff. that would never happen. That would never happen. How many times have you heard someone and talked to someone and they're like, that never happened to me. That would never happen to me. I would never end up here. And I'm telling you what, the, the, the distance from being a follower of God and being completely in a really dark, bad place is not nearly as far as you think. In this case, it was 40 days. 40 days, that's a month and 10 days. And you say, well, that would never happen to me. It happened to a whole nation. A whole nation, did this and in the 40 days they slip into idolatry and so you have one guy that says I'm going to set aside 40 days to follow and hear what God has and he gives him the 10 commandments can you imagine if he went into the antique road show I got these two tablets here and they were written by God and they said well we can offer th- those really are You know, 10 days, 40 days. He, can you imagine carrying? They've been asking God, God, show us who you are. God, show us what, what we need. I mean, they had been in, in captivity for 400 years. God, God hadn't been speaking a whole lot into their lives. And now all of a sudden they've got the 10 rules for life written by the finger of God. And they're acting like a bunch of crazy people. And Moses walks down with them and he goes for crying out loud. What happened? We were talking about this in a in, uh, staff meeting the other day. Uh, I said, and we were talking about things we've been learning. I said, imagine, Sean, if I go away for 40 days and God just, I'm fasting and praying and 40 days God just comes and shows me a great and mighty thing. And I come back to the church And Sean and Kelsey have opened up a bar. That's just what happened. I mean, he comes down and Aaron, his youth pastor, has ruined everything while he's gone. And we was just, of course, we was just having fun. But imagine that. Pastor's going to be gone for 40 days. Pastor's going to go on a 40-day fast or whatever like that. And I walk back into church. And they've got sawdust on the floor and a bull riding machine up here and a bar all along the front here. And they're sitting on the altar drinking beer or whatever. And, and Sean's like, I didn't, Pastor, I don't know what happened. I just came in one day and poof, it was all here. And that's what Aaron did. I, well, I don't know what happened. They just they had their gold in there. And this calf came out. I don't know what happened. And, and Moses was like for crying out loud. What is this? And God's the same way. God looks at it and goes, Moses, I am sick to death of these people. I am sick of them. Leave, he says, leave me alone. Leave me alone and I'll blot them out. I'm going to tell you what. That would have been, been really tempting, I have to think, for Moses To say, go ahead and let me watch. Because for 40 years, he's been working and slaving and leading and, guy, and they've been griping and complaining, and great things would happen, they forget about all of them, and he was working along, and he goes up and fasts and prays for 40 days, comes down with the greatest document in the history of all mankind the 10 commandments he's packing them down and they've opened up a bar in the church it was worse than that and god says i am leave me alone just leave me alone and i'm going to get rid of them and what does moses do he said i'm going to go and he fast for 40 days and 40 nights again for those folks for the people who ruined everything they've been trying to do. And I want to tell you, there's two things I want you to learn here today. That God is moved, and I don't know how and I don't know why, but he is moved by this. And Moses fasted, for a movement of God in his life, for a meeting with God. And it was more important to him than anything else. And when he comes and he does that, God moves in a powerful, powerful way. And I believe Moses was changed to where his heart was so much like God that he had mercy on his own people. And it would have been real easy to say, God blot him out. I am so sick. You ever had anybody like that in your life? I don't want to hear any names (laughs) because as soon as I said that somebody popped up in the back of your head that you have worked with, that you have ministered to, that you have poured into and poured into and poured into and you have worked with them and you have tried. Maybe it's your kids or your neighbors or your family or your husband or your wife or somebody, somebody in your life that you have poured into and poured into. And then they do some of the silliest things that you've ever seen in your life and you just like to be, I am done with you. You know there's somebody like that. There's somebody that you just say, I'm done. You know what You know what Moses did? He got to that place where it would have been really easy. Have you ever, you ever been in a place where if you just had one person agree with you, you would do it? I've always told my, there's some, this will surprise you, but there's some days that I would just quit. Everybody's got a job and everybody has some, and I know, I know, Kale Ivy has every day at John Deere. If he could just get somebody to agree with him, he would quit. But me, there's some, I'll go, I'll go for months and everything will be good. And then there's some days that I just be like, Cindy, I think, I think I'm done. And we've never agreed. And then there's some days that we'll go and send will be like, Brian, I think I'm done. If we'd both agree on the same day, well, I'd quit. But we never have agreed on the same day. And that's just the way that it is sometimes. But if you had somebody agree with you and, Mo, and God says, I am done. And if you'll leave me alone, basically, if you'll just agree with me, I'll be done with these folks. And Moses goes, I, no. <laughs> I can't agree with God. In fact, I'm going to pray for these people who are a pain in my rear end. They are driving me crazy. He goes and fasts and prays another 40 days for the people who are the biggest pain in his rear end that you can imagine. So what does that tell us about us? What does that tell us about us? And I just want to ask you these questions this morning. Are you hungry for the world, for the word of, are you hungry for God? Are you hungry for what God wants? Uh, and it would have been easy for him to say, hey, let's just give up on him. Let's just give up on what God, what, what, what we're doing here. Let's go make a new nation. We'll start all over. And so my questions for you this morning is Two questions. How interested are you getting, how interested are you in getting into the presence of God? How important is that? What would you set aside to experience God? Would you set aside the things that you like? Would you, would you set aside food to get in the presence of God? And I'm telling you, it's, it's easy to say, it's easy to say, yes, I would. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. And then when it comes time to do it, you're like, oh, I'm hungry. Uh, I'll set it aside tomorrow. Moses said, all right, this is the place. I'm going to get in the presence of God. I'm going to get to a place. I want what God has for me. No matter what it takes, if it, if it just takes completely depleting this physical body, I'm going to get in the presence of God. How, what would you do to get in the presence of God? What would you do to get in the presence of God? is it important to you at all? And you need to ask yourself this question, is being in the presence of God, is hearing what God wants to say into my life important enough to set aside some things of this world to get there? And then ask yourself, am I doing that? Am I setting aside any time to hear from God? Am I setting aside any time during the week to worship with God? Am I setting aside any of my meals or anything like that? How interested am I in getting in the presence of God? And the second thing is, how interested am I in seeing people who are lost know God? Or do I just want to just write them off? Am I just, do I just want to write people off? Do I just, am I, am I to the place? And some of you have loved ones. Some of you have friends. Some of you have people who, when I say this, you know that there's someone who just immediately comes into your mind. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today. And I want to encourage me today. That God says that when you get to that place where you're just about ready, let's just write them off. You may need to get on your face and go fasting and praying till nearly death. And I'm not saying die over it. But Moses said, I would literally give my life. I've got to, God, I need you to save these folks. That's the kind of follower Moses was. It wasn't about Moses. It was about getting in the presence of God. And it was about getting others in the presence of God. That's all he was about. We don't hear about him owning any land. We don't hear about him owning a business. We don't hear about any of the hobbies that he has. We don't hear about anything like that. Moses, and he had his faults. But Moses said, I want to get in the presence of God, whatever that takes. And when he did, the first time he did that, first time he talked about it, we got the Ten Commandments. That's a pretty good 40 days worth of work, don't you think? The second time, it saved a whole nation didn't save just one person. It saved a whole nation. And it's not what he did, but it was his heart that moved God. And he became and had the heart of God. I'm going to open up the altars this morning. I want Lance to come. I want us to stand. Just stand where you're at. And I'm not asking anybody to get saved this morning. I mean if if God's speaking to you about something like that, that would be great too. But I'm wondering is is there anybody just hungry, hungry for God, to the place that you say pastor this morning, I just whatever it takes. I want God to move. I'm telling you, I'm 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 there. I am there. I just want God to move and I'm I'm just there or maybe you have someone in your life that you are praying for and you need to get them uh, you want them to be different place than what they are you want them to be saved and you need to be purposefully fasting and praying for lost friends and loved ones. To where you're to the place where you say, Pastor, I'd do anything to get them saved. I will, I will do without food. I will do without TV. I will, I will do without whatever to get to the place where God moves on them. There's two two responses this morning. One is, I want more of God. And the other is, God move in my family's life, my friend's life, the people I go to school with, the people I go to work with, people that it would be really easy just to say, I'm done. Where are you... Where are you at this morning? Are you hungry for God's things? Are you hungry for people to get saved? Are you hungry for people to be changed? The altars are open this morning. I'm not asking anything of you. Just Maybe you just want to pray this morning. Maybe you just say, God... I am open to whatever it is that you have for me today. I want to know you better and deeper than I've ever known known you before. And that's one response. And then the other response is, God, I need you to work in this person's life. And I will fast and I will pray. God, whatever it takes, I move. Please move. We're going to open the altars. If you'd like to pray this morning, come as we sing.